sandy ego expressions. A one-story structure on 10th and J near the old Carnation building. She had died in a garden out back, an area full of wind chimes, flowers, especially carnations, crafted pottery, and ornamental fountains that expanded on the usual motif of little boys peeing. Her throat had been slashed, adjacent to an exhibition that a placard announced as Garden of Stone. Daylight hadn't improved Cheever's opinion of the display, but it had been worse the night before when everyone had kept being confronted by the statues. Most of the damn things were clothed. That had made it worse, especially in the semi-darkness. He'd kept mistaking them for human beings. The statues weren't the kind found in public squares or the park, the men on horses and the women saints. These were statues with faces of pain and fear and anger. He had almost pulled his gun on one of them. The piece looked real enough and threatening enough. A man holding a knife with both hands over his head. That's how Bonnie Gill had died, or close enough. She had been killed with two knife wounds, had been stabbed in the back, then had had her throat slashed. He sought out the offensive statue with his eyes wasn't sure whether it was the morning light or the softer stone around the knife-wielder's face that gave the head such a glow. Maybe both. Cheever supposed the man with the knife was some kind of priest. That didn't seem to matter to the woman being sacrificed. Her expression was one of terror. Cheever decided he had indulged himself too long at the crime scene. He liked to take his own impressions without the jostling of the evidence tech and the M.E. and the rest of his homicide team. He wrote down a few notes, not for himself, but for the opposing lawyers in case he ever got called to the stand. Around the department, Cheever's memory was legendary. The other detectives knew he didn't need to write anything down once it was in his head. He liked to go out on a call, spot somebody he had popped ten, even twenty years back, and yell out a first-name greeting. Many didn't like to be remembered. They felt uneasy, marked, like Big Brother was watching them, monitoring everything they did. He turned, and was startled to find a woman standing at the entrance to the garden. This time, he was the one under observation. Shaken. It took him a moment to get his breath back, but when he did, he put his wind to good use. What the hell are you doing in here? His yelling helped her. It was louder than her chorus. The cacophony submerged into the background. She closed her eyes for a moment, and when she opened them, her world had changed again. She had big eyes, he noticed. They were alert and blue and aware. She was like one of those Margaret Keene paintings where the kid's eyes take up half the picture. He had started angrily toward her, but stopped now that he saw her terrified look. He was afraid she would bolt if he breathed hard. She looked like she was ready to drop her athletic bag and run. I'm Detective Cheever, he said. His words didn't put her at ease. I'll show you identification, he said. From a distance, he offered up his brass shield. She relaxed, but just a little. You're trespassing, he advised her, on a police investigation scene. She considered his words and finally spoke. I am the sculptor, 
Cheever motioned with his head. You did these? The smallest of nods claimed credit. Cheever took his time examining the artist, could tell by her body language that it was still not the right time to approach her. He figured she was in her mid-twenties. She stood around 5'8 and was quite thin, weighed maybe 115. The woman liked jewelry. Her ears had been pierced more than Custer's body, with at least six earrings hanging from each lobe. She went for this shiny metallic look, jewelry that could have been mistaken for fishing lures or perhaps was. Bracelets ran up her arms, and baubles and bangles had found their way to most parts of her body. She wore plenty of rings, but no apparent wedding ring. The only non-ornamental piece among her trimmings was a medical alert bracelet, but she might have been wearing it as another misplaced fashion.